Hello friends, it's Kirk Henderson. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I'm going to be recording tonight's episode by myself. It is the last one that I will be doing without Josh, who has been on a bit of a vacation, taking his all-star break early. Uh, It's about 10 o'clock on February 8th, and the Mavericks just beat the crap out of the Detroit Pistons. Now, the Pistons were rather shorthanded. Cade Cade Cunningham was ruled out beforehand uh, with uh, a hit pointer that he's been dealing with for a series of games, so that was pretty disappointing. The Pistons only had 10 guys to play, and they're one of the worst teams in the league already. Just uh, before tonight, they were 12-41. and Now they're 12-42. and uh, So the Mavericks just wailed on them. It was a game where in the first quarter, Dallas looked like they were playing with their food a bit. And then halfway through, Jason Kidd switched to a zone, which seemed to really stymie a team that doesn't have great three-point shooting. And the Mavericks took a 10-point lead by the end of the quarter. By the end of the half, they were up uh, by about 15. By the end of the third, they were up nearly 30. And from there, it was just garbage time in the fourth quarter with everyone trying to remain healthy. Luka Doncic uh, finished with a hilarious 33 points, 11 assists, and 7 rebounds. He was sort of hunting for that triple-double towards the end of the third and the start of the fourth, but Jason Kidd got him out of there before things got out of hand. Um... The Pistons are a terrible basketball team. Jeremy Grant might want to be a primetime scorer and be the. He seems he, he seems very content to be the best player on the worst team, um, which uh, I appreciate that sort of honesty. But I don't know. I can see him being a a really. He should have stuck. If he stuck with the Nuggets, I think the Nuggets would be title favorites in a year like this year. But that's just me. Um, off. Uh, uh, quested after uh, Sadiq Bay, former Villanova player and guy the Mavericks had a chance at drafting, um, was terrible for the Pistons, uh, one of eleven from the floor. So that was pretty entertaining compared to to Josh Green, who you know only took one of two. But like uh, Bay was negative nineteen, Green was plus twenty. So that sort of stuff just amuses me. Um, the Mavericks just really, you know, the the thing about this game, which I walked away from and I'm really pleased with is the fact that the Mavericks put the foot on the gas and then never let up. I wrote in my recap that one of the things I really like about this Mavericks team is their ability to to really crush bad teams. I understand that they just lost to Detroit and they just lost to Orlando, who are also two bad teams. But those games were essentially one-possession games. And the Mavericks are capable of absolutely, you know, destroying teams like they did tonight. It's just they need to do that, you know, uh, a little more frequently when it comes to these sorts of games. It was nice to see, you know, some some hot shooting from Dallas, uh, who the Mavericks were 18 of 36 from three, which was probably kind of the key, you know, shooting statistic from the game. But, you know, it was shots like uh, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith hit a wonderful pull-up from the wing on a fast break, which was really cool. Um, Luka Doncic was five of nine from three, including just a couple of flat out rude shots. I, I don't know how to phrase them any way than that. Jalen Brunson once again took, uh, took four threes, which, you know, Josh, uh, Bo, uh, co-editor here at Mavs Moneyball and my podcast host, I, I, he was, he's off for tonight just because he, he's been traveling, but he, he pointed out how Brunson's three point rate is up recently and Brunson shooting threes 
or at least his willingness to shoot threes, I think is going to be a key cog as this team goes on because he's a good shooter, as evidenced by the fact that he was 7-11 from the floor tonight um, for 21 points. Like Just his efficiency is one of the things that helps him uh, stand out, and so I hope the Mavericks and, and continue to encourage him to take these open threes when he's getting them. Dorian Finney-Smith was 2 of 3 from uh, from long range, which is really nice because I feel like he just hasn't hit the broadside of a barn lately. Um, the only players who couldn't seem to actually connect on threes were Frank Nilakina, who didn't really play too, too much until garbage time, and um, Theo Penson, uh, lovely Theo Penson, who we wrote a profile about on MavsMoneyBall.com. Uh, Lucas Skew did that. I really, really recommend it. Trey Burke came in and, and played pretty well. 18 points in 21 minutes, took 12 shots, which is pretty funny. Uh, the the Burke stuff is odd because, I, you know, the Mavericks clearly aren't going to use him as part of, like, a, an actual crunch time rotation. But if he can help them steal minutes and make sure guys don't get hurt or get overtaxed during some of these games when um, the Mavericks need it and, you know, uh, he played really well against the Hawks as well. That's that's something to to point out. That it's just it's nice. It's nice to have that. That's sort of the argument for me for why the Mavericks I hope end up with Goran Dragic because if you can play that guy for 15 minutes, like I think good things are going to happen. Um, beyond that, there's not a ton to talk about with these particular with these particular Mavericks. Um, there's not a lot happening on the trade front for Dallas, at least in so far as news is concerned. There were a lot of big moves around the NBA today, which I think uh, got the fan base a little rankled. Um, today's Tuesday, so on Thursday at the trade deadline, I will likely host probably a live green room at some point to sort of talk about what does or doesn't happen with these Mavericks. But for the first time in two years, I'm okay if they don't do anything. Um, it's... It's difficult to to pull off trades when you have so many draft assets tied up. The Knicks, the Knicks pick, for example, and I don't think they want to do long-term picks. Um, these Mavericks keep playing pretty well because Luka Doncic is a floor raiser because he's incredible. And then with the way they've been playing defense and sort of team-based basketball, it's really nice to see what these uh, Mavericks have been able to do. I mean, they're a whopping nine games over five hundred. They have how many games here until the trade deadline? I, I, I ought to know that, or not the trade deadline, the all-star break. I don't know this off the top of my head, but it's uh, not necessarily my strong suit. So they have a home and uh, two home games against the Clippers, one Thursday, one Saturday. Then they play Miami, which will be a heck of a game. They play the revamped New Orleans Pelicans just before um, the All-Star break. The, in case you didn't know, and I don't know how you wouldn't know this and be listening to my podcast, the Pelicans sort of went all in for an interesting trade of uh, that resulted in C.J. McCollum and um, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, the Larry Nance Jr. discussion always cracks me up because Nance Jr. is a guy that you think is going to help your team, but if you really look at what he's done as he's been at places, he's just not as been as helpful as you would think that his skill set should result in. So that's sort of where we are with that. I know this is a bit of a short podcast, but I know you guys also have a lot of options as listening to things. I just wanted to get in and get out. I will be hosting a green room with fans after this, which you should Download the Spotify Green Room app. Follow me at Kirk Henderson35. 
and we will probably be back with our normal post-game show on Thursday evening with Josh and I. This has been Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. I hope your Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever you get around to listening to this, is a good one. Talk soon.